Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to BitFriends Blog Talk Radio Show. This is our 10-year anniversary of hosting our stories on Blog Talk Radio. We are a national vitiligo support community. To learn more about vitiligo, our organization, and how you can support our cause and get involved, visit us at www.vitfriends.org. That is www.vitfriends.org. For comments or questions, email us at support at bitfriends.org. I'm your host for this evening, Mark Braxton, or this afternoon, from Raleigh, North Carolina, with the North Carolina Vitiligo Support Community. I'd like to welcome all of our listeners to our series, Life and Love with Vitiligo. Today we're going to do it just a little differently. Uh, this is our special Father's Day edition. But just to tell you a little bit about this series, uh, this series is designed to give our brothers and sisters of Vitiligo a platform to share their stories about living with vitiligo and their experiences of dating, relationships, and love. And as I stated, we're going to do things just a little differently today. Uh, we're going to focus more on Father's Day and have some open discussion about fatherhood, mentorship, and some of the events that we see happening around the world. I would like to welcome Katie Milligan from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to our show. Welcome, Katie. Welcome, Katie. Hello. Can, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yes, I can hear you. Yes, yes. How are you doing? Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm doing well. How are good, you? Good, Mark. I'm good, thank you. Good. I want to start off. Oh, you're welcome. I want to start off by saying happy Father's Day to you. Thanks. Thanks to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, just to give you a little uh, background about the show, uh, usually it's an interview session, but I kind of want us to just freely and openly talk. I do have some guiding questions for us, but I really okay. want to have this open dialogue about fatherhood, the importance of mentorship, um, role models, and, and for our youth, and, you know, whatever we feel like that's, that's important to us. Uh, before we do that, I want you to share with our listeners your story with Vitiligo. All right. Um, I just I had I've had vitiligo since uh, November of 2016. Um, I had gotten a spot on uh, my foot and a little spot on my nose, and um, so I went to my primary care physician, had it checked out, and he he thought it was some type of wigworm, and I started laughing because you know I'm mm. I'm a such a neat and clean freak. I was like, no no no, that's not it. So right. um, I wound up going to a dermatologist, and by the time I went to the dermatologist, um, and they explained to me what it was, I had already done my research about, you know, patches on on the skin and, and kind of self-diagnosed, and it was confirmed when I went to the dermatologist. Um, so <clears throat> over the last uh, four years, it's it's been aggressive, um, and um, so it was it was it was. It was life changing, you know, when you're used to being a right. certain way, you know, I'm 55 right. years old. So when you're used to being a certain way and these instant changes happen, it's like, oh, what's, what's this? You know, what's going on? Exactly. Um, but through BitFriends and through BitFriends Delaware, you know, I've been able to not necessarily come to grips with it, but just being comfortable 
and, you know, having done a couple of case studies and stuff like that, um, you know, just kind of being more educated about it now. So um, I've, right. had, I've had, you know, good days and I've had bad days. Um, so that's basically, you know, what it is for me, what it has been for me. Right. Now, did your kids, do you have grandkids as well? I do, yes. Have they ever asked you about your vitiligo or had questions about it? So my, um, I don't know if it was my, I think it was my granddaughter. So uh, my youngest daughter's uh, middle child, she asked her mom, my daughter one day, um, you know, mommy, what happened to Pop-Pop's face? Right. So I went to the house one day, and um, so my daughter, I kept telling my granddaughter, Ask Pop-Pop, ask Pop-Pop the question that you asked me. And she was, you know, she kind of tucked herself under her mom's arm and laid her head in, in, my, in my daughter's shoulder. Like, you know, I don't want to ask Pop-Pop this. And I said, no, ask me, you know, what, what did you have? And she says, Pop-Pop, what happened to your face? And I explained to her um, and, you know, gave her the name, uh, you know, of what the condition was, that it was vitiligo and had her repeat it after me. And I think... Malaya was probably three, four years old when she asked me this. Uh, so, you know, and I just explained to her what it was, you know, that it was a condition that caused me to lose the color of my skin. So, um, and my, my grandson and my oldest granddaughter, you know, they, you know, they are a little more understanding and, um, of, you know, what they're like with because they're older. Right, right. No, my son, he's never asked. He's never had any questions about it. I don't know if he was okay. afraid to ask. Um, now, my daughter did ask, and she was about four, and she asked the same question, what, what happened to your skin? You know, and I told right, her, right. Mm-hmm. to her, and she said, okay, and that was it. You know, it didn't bother right, her. Right, it didn't right, phase right. her. She just wanted to know. No way and it was right. Mm-hmm. I was also asked the question, you know, by, by my ex. You know, she said, "Well, the kids get vitiligo also." And I'm like, "I don't know. I mean, nobody knows. Right. You know, they could, they could right. not. But at this point, it really doesn't matter if they do or if they don't. We just have to love the kids and treat them with respect and treat them like people, like everybody else. You know." So, so ironically, my oldest daughter, who's now thirty-five, thirty-six, she had a spot under her eye uh, years ago when she was younger. Um, okay. I was away in the military, and, you know, we just kind of took it for it being her uh, birthmark. But it didn't right. form until her mother had taken her to the Disney World or something. And so it wasn't until recently that when I had gotten it uh, uh, four years ago that my daughter said, oh, now this, this explains the spot under my eye. And I think she might have a, a right. few spots on her knees, but nothing like I've gotten over the last four years. So, you know, uh, right. okay. my, two, my two younger kids were, you know, they, they had lived with me um, growing up. And uh, so it was a shock to them that, you know, my skin started changing. And I had to explain to them right. as well. You know, and they're adults, but it just, you know, you grow up with somebody and you see them one way for so long and then the, the, the changes come along. It, it was new to them. So, right. And, and you know, and it's funny. Uh, sometimes I feel like family are afraid to ask, too. They accept you for who you are, regardless, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're still family. But I think sometimes right. <laughs> they are afraid to ask because they don't know what to ask, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And 
Agreed. Yeah, and I think it's funny. Like, my brothers have never asked me any questions. They never said, hey, tell me about your vitiligo. They just see uh, really? that's Mark and, you know, going about the day. But uh-huh, sometimes uh-huh. I'm like, ask right. me. I want you to know. You right. Know? right, right, right. Yeah. So it, it's very interesting, you know, the dynamics of it. Um, now, I, I want to talk a little bit more about um, just fatherhood, you know, just because this is Father's Day, and we know fatherhood means so many different things to so many different men, and there's various mm-hmm. situations. You can't put one size fits all, you know. Um, some mm-hmm. people, they're there with their children. Some men are incarcerated that have kids. Some men, you know, are in challenging situations where their kids may live, you know, a totally different part of the country or mm-hmm. another, you know, work part of the world in itself. So I just want to talk about fatherhood. Then moving to the importance of mentorship and role models. Um, and well, what are your thoughts about some of those situations uh, or things uh regards to fatherhood? So um, I was back and forth as we discussed earlier. I was so I grew up in Philadelphia, but they had gotten to a point where I had um, was getting in trouble in junior high school. So my mother sent me to South Carolina to live with my dad after they had divorced and everything. Um, so I actually, for the most part, grew up in a single-parent household uh, with my mom. And even when I went to live with my dad in South Carolina um, in the 80s, uh, it was just my dad and I. But, you know, being a, you know, and my mother sent me there because she, she couldn't control a lot of things that was going on with me and felt like, you know, uh, I needed a male role model, male role model in my life. So right. she sent me down south to live with my dad, and, you know, I went to high school down there. So I got a lot of the things that my mom um, wouldn't have been able to provide for me as a young man growing up. And that's not to say mothers can't do it, but, um, you know, I, I needed to learn some of those fatherly things, you know, how to uh, mechanics of cars and how to drive and, uh, you know, uh, being an athlete, you know, I ran track and played basketball. So, um, you know, those things were important uh, to have that male figure around, Um as I got older and had my own children, I wanted to be that central force for my family. Um, and especially, you know, I have two daughters and, and, and my son. Um, so, you know, fatherhood, in my opinion, and, and you just stated that there are so many fathers who aren't with their families or with their children because of circumstances. Um, but I've always tried to be there. Like, like I said, my oldest daughter, I wasn't around much because, I, you know, she was born before I got married and before I joined the military. Um, so we didn't have a relationship until she was like 16. And, you know, it's been nonstop since. Um, right. So it's, uh, it's, it's very important. I think, you know, the male figurehead needs to be in their children's lives. Right. Very important. Um, and you mentor, mentoring, um, mentorship and role models, I think it's important um, because we, I work in a school system and the school I work at, I'm the only black male in the classroom. Wow. The only male of color in the classroom. Wow. So when our kids come to school and it's a predominantly black and Latino school, mm-hmm. I have to be, and I said this during one of the meetings, I said, you know, you won't understand 
the position I play at the school. I say because I have to be everything to everybody. You know, I have mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. black for all black kids. I got to be Latino for all Latino kids. Our Asian kids that are there, they flock to me. You know, I have kids with questions like, where are you from? And, you know, because when you get a, a melting pot of students like that, we all sort of, we all favor, we all look alike. You know, I had a, a, one of our uh, Spanish teachers, she was from Colombia, and I kept asking her, why do some of our kids think I'm Spanish? She said, well, in my part of Colombia, you look like the people there. So they assume wow. that you're, you know, you're Latino, you know. And uh-huh, she said, uh-huh. you know, the kids need to see somebody who looks like them. When I walked in a hall, it can be draining sometimes because I got to speak to every single child in the hall. You know, high five, good wow. morning, how's it going, hugs, you know. Right, right. And it's great for one, one thing, but it's draining for me because I'm like, man, I'm tired. But I still have uh-huh, to do it uh-huh. because I feel like that's what the kids need. You need know, it. they need yeah. somebody to smile. There's somebody to give them that good word. And we need more men to step up to do that. Beyond, yeah, I, I am. Beyond sports. Oh, right, okay. Exactly. Um, I And speaking of sports, so I used to coach – my son, when he played basketball as a as a young kid, and um, so for me, a lot of the uh, mentoring was done um, doing that, and and even till this day, I still have a lot of my um, uh, kids reach out to me, or their parents reach out to me, and um, just telling me how influential I was in their lives at the time. Right. Um, my grandson being the only boy, um, when he was younger, um, and he had some, you know, some, some behavioral problems, which wound up being, uh, just, um, part of his mental health, uh, makeup and, you know, just right. being there for him cause his dad wasn't around, um, you know, mentoring right. him and trying to keep him on the right track, you know? So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it, and it can be draining because at some point, you know, he was, I was almost raising him like he was my son. And so I had to kind of pull back a little bit and let my daughter take care of her son. But I would be there if they needed me as opposed to raising him myself. Right. And it's kind of funny at the school. um, There are some kids that when they see me, they call me daddy. And I Mm. had one of the teachers say, no, don't call him that. And I I told him, I said, Mm -hmm. it's okay. There's something mm-hmm. that this child sees in me, and that's what they call me, and I'm okay yeah. with it. It doesn't offend me. It doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. I said, you know, being at the school, I do play that role for so many of the kids, you know, just how yeah, I interact yeah. with them, and recess, I'm up there throwing the ball, and I'm playing with all the different groups. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, mm-hmm. I feel like um, we as men, we, we have a great role, and not just as men, black men, we have an even greater role to guide our youth to – it, well, I want, I'm going to switch gears, and I'll, I'm talking about this okay. guidance part. I'm going to switch gears, but we're still talking about the same thing. All right. Okay. And, and this is going to continue. Um, so we're seeing a shift in the world with, um, as you look at the news, the old mindset and uh, of ways of thinking is still there, but it's being challenged by our youth. And what we mm-hmm. see in our you know, protests and those who are leading and, you know, I feel like for many generations, we've told our kids to be quiet. Uh-huh. Don't speak. You know, when adults are talking. But I'm thinking maybe uh-huh. we did a good thing because our kids, although they were quiet, they were listening to us. Looking at 
what they can do differently and how they can challenge the systems already established. And I feel like indirectly we were giving them that guidance that they needed and not even realizing it. Um, can you speak on, based on your experience and life experiences, because we talked um, previously, uh, what you're seeing today and how it's playing out and the roles, I know you've been in the military and some other occupations, how you can talk about mm-hmm. our youth and what you're seeing and how our mentorship helped in guiding that. So I've been on both sides of the spectrum that that are quite visible now. Um, one, having been in law enforcement at some point for 16 years, um, I still work for the court system as well as being in the military. Um, being a black person, black male in law enforcement is, is hard because when you start seeing the injustices, you could be on either side of that. Right. Um, I've been profiled as being a law enforcement officer and, and had to challenge the officer who stopped me, who profiled me, because I know the law too. And would make it known of who I was. Would I do that today? No. Because it's almost like it's shoot questions. I mean, shoot first, ask questions later. So, you know, my my son and I have had conversations when he's been out with his friends, you know, and they're riding around in one of his friends' suburban with tenant windows. Like, Dad, if we get pulled over, Mm -hmm. what do I do? What do I do? Keep your mouth shut and keep your hands visible. Right. Um, he's been profiled going to an ATM machine, police following him. He'd go to the ATM machine, get his money out. Now they want to know, what are you doing? Where are you going? And, and my son right. is, he's a hothead. So he, you know, now he wants to get defensive. And then, and of course, the the rhetoric is you look like somebody, you look like a gang member that we were looking for. So right. we have to we have to make them mindful of, you know, how to deal with dealing with law enforcement, dealing with the injustices of people of who aren't our color. Um, but right. on the flip side of it, what's happened now is that our youth are so tired of doing that now. Now they're lashing out because everybody's right. tired now. So it's kind of scary. You know, on one hand, you want them to, to conform. and On the other hand, it's like, okay, we understand because now people are tired. And I think that's where we are. People right. generally are just tired right now. Yeah. I had, um, I had a conversation with my son last week, um, and his birthday is actually tomorrow. He turns 18, and I, you know, and I was just saying, you know, he's in Dallas with his mom, and I was asking him how are things there. He said, you know, it's kind of crazy here. He said, but I'm not, mm-hmm. not afraid. And I said mm-hmm. to him, you know, you don't have to be afraid, but you got to be smart. Got to be know? smart, yeah. I get it. You know, you still got to live your life, but you got to be mindful of where you go, the people you are around, and what they're doing, and how to conduct yourself, you know. And I, I told him, it's not just for you. That goes for me, too. You know, I've got to mm-hmm. be careful on what my moves mm-hmm. and what I do. And what I don't do, how you know, and it's sad that we have to move like that in our own country. It's sad that we have to talk to our kids about, you know, be mindful of your hair, be mindful of your clothes. Yeah. You know, we should, yeah, yeah. we should be able to move freely, but 
this is not the world we live in, you know. Yeah, my 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 brother-in-law right. had a T-shirt on. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. You're good. Yeah, my brother-in-law posted a picture on one of his social media accounts that says hashtag Am I Next? Mm. Right. And when you think about that, like that's the world that we're living in now. Right. And you and and. And, and it doesn't matter who you are, uh, you know, what your background is. Those things don't come up in conversations. It's just the, right. the color of your skin is what stands out, and it makes us, you know, almost vulnerable to everything. And you know, but to have to wear something that says, I can't breathe, hashtag I can't breathe, right. hashtag am I next, and now, or stop killing us. Simple. You or know. stop killing us. And yeah. then we are, you know, and just recently in the news, there have been five quote unquote suicides right. of African American Hispanic men. So now that's what we're calling it. We're calling it suicide now. Right. They've been, and all of them are hanging right. themselves. Yeah, okay. So now we got to be mindful of that. Who would think right. that in, in this time that we have to be mindful of hanging? It's crazy. Right. Now, and I'm going to say this to our listeners. This is the Father's Day conversation we're having, but this is an important conversation we need to have because this affects all of our brothers, fathers, grandfathers, our sons. So it is important that we're, that we're having this conversation. Um, we do understand that, you know, Father's Day is a time for us to celebrate. Yes, we're still going to celebrate our fathers, but we also need to have this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So when we hang up from here, that we can still love on our kids, love on our brothers and fathers, and, you know, the ladies loving your husbands, you know, yes. where you know that, you know, you got a comfort zone, you got people supporting you, but it's also real in this world that, uh-huh. uh, unfortunately, some of our fathers are not going to make it today, you know, and I hate to watch yep. the news because, it's the reality, you know. Um, but, it yeah, um, it, and it's a sad reality that we're living in, and it affects a lot of us who are listening and, and those who are not listening, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But moving forward um, with this, you know, I, I would say the best thing we can do is continue to say to our kids, our children, our brothers, our sisters, everybody, that I love you. You know, I feel like there's not enough of that. Um, when I went to my homecoming last year, a group of us men were standing around talking and we're sharing some of the same shared experiences as, you know, as men, as fathers, you know. And one of the things we agreed, we said, you know what, as men, let's always take the time to tell each other that we love each other. You know, I know, I know uh-huh. men sometimes feel like that's not the manly thing to do. Yeah. yeah. But it is because we got so many men struggling with stuff, you know. And, um, yeah. and, you know, my boys just call up like, Mark, man, I just want to let you know I love you. And, yep. and that's important because that might be the last time you hear that. In this yeah. planet, you don't, you don't know, but it, it could be. You, you don't know, for sure. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I, now, we got about I make it a point. Le- Left? Uh-huh. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, continue. Continue, because I'm just letting you no, know. No, I was just saying, I, I make talk. it a point, too, to, to tell, you know, the men that I encounter that I love them, whether it's brothers from church, my brother-in-law, you know, my dad, my right. son, you know, because, um, like you said, a lot of times, you, as men, 
we don't we don't have that that connect with us that we would tell another male that we love them. But you know, like you said, right. you have to because now you don't know when it's, if that's going to be the last time that somebody hears it. Right. I'm gonna tell you an interesting story. Um, at work, you know, since being the only black male, I've worked under the principal twice uh, at two different schools. So, you know, we have a lot of history, and I've seen him grow from being in his 40s to, I guess, now he's in his his 60s now. Okay. Uh So we were just talking, you know, just having a straight-up man-to-man conversation about life and everything, and, you know, he's talking about the impact he sees, you know, that that I'm making with some of the kids. And he said, you know, Mark, I just want to say this to you. He said, I don't know how you feel, but I'm going to say it anyway. He said, I love you. And he gave me a hug. You know, it was out of the blue, but I think at that point, Man to man, you know, he wasn't looking at skin color. He wasn't looking at anything. He was just letting me know he appreciates me. And I think we have to do more of that, you know. Mm-hmm. we got to mm-hmm. stop this, this tough guy thing of, you know, looking at yeah. each other, you know, knee mugging yeah. and, you know, you might yeah. No, no, we're all in the same boat, you know. Yes, yes, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, anything you want to um, talk about? we still got about four minutes. No, just, um, you know, I think everybody just needs to remain vigilant um, and, and, and the climate that we're living in. I think that, you know, um, we just need to have an open dialogue with not just uh, us as a community, us as minorities. We need to have the open dialogue with, you know, our white friends um, and coworkers right. if they're willing to have that open dialogue so that they will know right. what it is that we're going through, that this isn't just um, uh, uh, action just because, you know, it's a, a action, a reaction to what happened. And if they're willing right. to know why we are uh, going through what we're going through and uh, how we are dealing with it, why we're dealing with it so angrily, um, you know, then they need to be open to having the, the open dialogue so they can get a better understanding of, of our, you know, of our struggles. And it's struggles that right. have been going on forever, but we need to have open conversations. And, and unfortunately, we have a, a president who just incites a lot of things, too. So the more you listen right. to him, the angrier you get. And But I just, we just need to have, start having conversations. Um, and depending on what you yeah. know, people's, uh, you know, uh, religious backgrounds are, you know, we need to stay in prayer. That's for sure. It definitely, definitely. And make sure you get out and vote in November. You want to make some changes. Oh, for out and vote. sure. <laughs> yeah, and, for sure. Look, I'm about to um, start winding this down. Um, our okay. time is going to end shortly. Uh, but I do want to say to our listeners. And to Valerie and to all the VIT friends, thank you all for listening. Remember to support each other and whatever we're doing, you know, we're not in competition with each other. We need to be in love with each other and help each other and be there. Because um, you never know what somebody's going through. But mm-hmm. um, remember to our listeners, if you want to uh, support us, visit vitfriends.org. You can, you know, look at the website, see what we're doing around the state, around the country, around the world, uh, get involved. We do have a convention next year that's coming up. Uh, support us. Come out and support us with any and everything we're doing. Once again, that is VIT, V-I-T-F-R-I-E-N-D-S dot org. Come out and support us. Katie, I appreciate your time. Thank you for chiming in. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You have a wonderful Father's Day and stay blessed. Thanks. You too, Brian. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye to all the listeners. Have a wonderful day. This is Mark Braxton signing off. Have a wonderful day.